When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Age of Radio. Hello there, folks, and thank you for listening to the show. I'm Joanna. I'm Nate, and this is Stranger Than. This is our first episode of the new year, though you probably aren't going to get this episode or the last episode or the bonus episode until the new year, but, you know, it'll be a big bunch of episodes. My computer took a shit, so we can still record, but we can't really edit. (laughs) So you ended up having to get a new hard drive, is that right? Yep, got a new hard drive coming. It should be here uh, the day tomorrow, the day after we record, and uh, then... I will have to put it into my computer and throw an operating system on it, and everything should be good to go. Oh my gosh, only that. I would have been totally fucked if that were my computer. Well, fortunately, I know how that whole thing works, so... Yeah, I do not. Yes. Which is, you know... Yeah, so it was less of a big deal than it could have been. Right. That just sucks, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not. it's definitely not ideal. So on this first episode of 2022 of Stranger Than Podcast, we have a couple of things. Uh, Joanna's going to tell you about a mysterious triangle, not like a Triforce or anything, but a triangle, a geographical triangle. And I'm going to tell you a couple stories of, uh, well, one will be a creation story of the Mixtex, and the other one is a Mayan legend. So why don't we start out with the creation story of the Mixtex? That seems to be an appropriate first choice. Or the Mitex. I'm not really sure how it's actually pronounced. They were a indigenous people of southern Mexico. So you know how Mexico is, well, kind of a triangle shape, and it's got a little, little like, curly tip down at the southern end? Mm-hmm. Well, these folks lived down right at the curl part of that curly tip on the southern side of it. So way back, you know, when the earth was first made, it, it rose from the waters, and, and two gods appeared. They were deer gods, a deer god and a deer goddess. Which is interesting that they were deer gods, because the deer god, his name is Puma Snake. Interesting. And the deer goddess is called a jaguar snake. Okay. Neither of which are deers. Well, they used magic. For they were really quite strong in the magic, and they raised this cliff from the water. And the cliff was called Place Where the Heavens Stood. They built these fancy palaces for them to live in, and uh, they laid down a copper axe with the blade side up. And that's where the the heavens rested. The heavens rested on the blade of the axe. 
Well, centuries went by and they were having a really great time. It was happiness and lovely. And then they had two kids, which seems to me like it's never the answer to have children. I don't feel like that's ever the answer. I know you feel differently. I feel you're, I know you're like, oh, no, but kids are great. But no, I, I feel like having kids is never the answer. Yeah. Well, uh, it's never a solution. I'll say that much. That's true. It's never, it's never <laughs> a solution. But it's also never the answer. They had two boys. One was called Wind Nine Snake, and the other was called Wind Nine K. So these two boys were given education. They're, their parents really... Gave a shit about their education, so they were. Uh, they learned these special skills where they can transform into a snake or an eagle. Oh, I see. Well, you know, if you're going to have kids, you should at least give them a good education. That's true. That's true. And if you can get them to trans, if you can teach them to transform into a snake or an eagle, like that's 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 bonus points. Yeah, I'm a big fat fucking failure as far as that's concerned. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I didn't want to be the first one to say it, but yeah, you're. None of your kids. Well, I don't know. I think there's still a chance for Scarlet. She's still young. Right. But uh, the other two are are definitely not doing it. (laughs) In addition to their ability to, you know, transform into those animals, they also were able to turn invisible. As well as intangible. Do you know what intangibility is? I don't know what intangibility is. Intangibility is the ability to move through solid objects. Okay. So, like, you know, a ghost can is intangible. It can go through solid things. So, you so just like walk through a door without opening the door. Or a wall, right or wall. a car, yeah. or a goat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a bank. Wouldn't or a bank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unless, right through a vault. Unless you were only intangible, like ghosts, in which case you could just be in the vault and couldn't grab anything. Well, then that really sucks. I think you should be able to do it. Like, you know, you got to be able to control your tangibility. And they could. These, these two oh, boys, wow. their education was such that they could do all of this stuff, which is, I, pre- I think it's a pretty well-rounded education. Definitely. Tangible or invisible at will. That's, yes. Uh, it's good. It's good. Plus important. the ability to transform into a snake or an eagle. Mm-hmm. Get into a lot of other places, you know? Eagles can fly. That'd be fun as fuck. That would be fun. Snakes can, like, bite people that suck. Yeah, that's true. They can. Or people that yeah. don't suck. Just people in general. Right. Well, these boys. They lived for a while, and they began to burn tobacco as offering to their ancestors. So they had these incense burners, and they'd throw tobacco in it, and it would, you know, they're just to give props to mom and dad, basically. Well, I don't think they're doing it right. You're supposed to, like, inhale the tobacco. Well, they (laughs) were smarter than most people, I guess. They created a garden that had herbs and fruit trees and shrubs and flowers and regular trees. Nice garden. They made this flat, grassed area that they lived on, and they used it, and they got all the stuff that you would need for sacrifices on it. So that's where they would, you know, do sacrifices for their parents, you know, their ancestors, their parents. They made many offerings, and they asked for certain things. They asked for the light to come, and I believe it, it read sort of like they asked that that was like a daily thing, like every day, every night, or whatever. In the morning, they would wake up and like give an offering for the light to for the sun to show up for the light to come. They would ask for water to collect only in certain places because you didn't want this shit to flood. You only wanted the water to collect where you could, you know, the specific places they made for water to collect. Uh, They also asked for water to leave many places because at this point, most of the earth was still covered. It sounded to me like they still were living just on this one cliff, this place where the heavens stood. 
and they just kind of had their little like garden and flat ground off, you know, to the side there or whatever. They felt like they needed a boost in prayer power because apparently this shit wasn't happening fast enough. So they started piercing their ears and their tongues. Now, I don't know if they were like piercing it and putting jewelry in it or if they would just ritually stab their ears and stab their tongues because they would take the blood and they would spread it on the plants to sort of like, oh, I see. yeah, make it all well Up and good. Up the ante a little bit there. Yeah, okay. yeah. Well, the dear God and goddess, I mean, they didn't just have those two sons. They had lots of other sons and daughters. And now I believe the other sons and daughters they had weren't as fancy as their first two sons. I'm pretty certain that they were humans. So, as usual, the fucking flood happens. Because, you know, what are you going to do? Depends on damn near everybody dies. There were some survivors, but damn near everyone died. And so the creator of all things, after the flood, he creates the heavens and the earth and restores humankind. Which I believe, again, was the other sons and daughters of the dear god and goddess. It doesn't really say much what happens to those, you know, any of the people named in it. It doesn't say really what happened to Puma Snake, Jaguar Snake, World Nine, Wind Nine Snake, or Wind Nine Cave. Apparently, they're just uh, like do godly things or whatever. Uh, but that's how the Metech people uh, believed that uh, the world was created. Interesting. Yeah, it's interesting how there's always a flood. I know. I think we talked about that in our flood episode. How right. like floods are, and it could just be that floods were a natural phenomena that happened that people it was devastating, so it fucked with people. But where these folks were isn't like a super floody area it didn't look like it mm -hmm. wasn't close to i mean i guess i'm not super familiar with like the the geography of the area but it just i don't believe that particular part is want you know is, is known for their flooding it's not like new orleans or fucking you know by where i live where flooding happens with a relative frequency right i mean floods can still be devastating they are still, still devastating, are though, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, but it, and it, even where these people were, it would be outside of tsunami zone too. So, for them to have this story about a flood is just weird. Yeah, because it's not like I, it doesn't seem like these people are in an area where floods were a common thing. Mm -hmm. I also believe this is one of the indigenous groups of people that still have that are still around. There's still like people with their blood alive and kicking today so that's nice because that's not unfortunately that's not really a thing that is can be taken for granted in the whole north and south american history right yes it was a fairly uh there's a lot of wiping out of uh, lots of genocide yeah. lots and lots of genocide because you know god loves genocide right according to you know According to Spaniards Europeans. and Protestants <laughs> and shit. Yeah. Catholics. Yeah. Eek. Well, let's hear what you have to tell us today, Joanna. All right. Well, a little backstory on this. I had two different stories. And, I mean, we've been doing this, uh, like, in March. I think it'll be five years we've been doing this. Yeah, it's been a while now. We are uh, hundred has... over 100 regular episodes, over 30 I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, bonus episodes. 
getting close to 40, I think. I think so too. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, a lot of material we covered. A lot of material. And so I was going to do this one story and then I was like, wait, have I done this already? And then I was going to do this other story. And then I was like, I'm pretty sure that I touched on this too. So I found a third one that I haven't done and I'm going to give myself a little time to do a little back research and try to try and find out what I have done and what I haven't done so I can maybe index that shit a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because apparently that's, you know, like just just relying on my memory alone is no longer cutting it. <laughs> no, no. It is not to be trusted anymore no, at this at point all. after this many episodes. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about this uh, place that uh, lots of crazy shit happens. I'm going to tell you about one of the things that happens. And then for the next few episodes, I'm going to just keep on talking about uh, stories coming from from the area. And, and you know, yeah. So that way I can be assured that I'm not going on repeat here. And <laughs> as far as coming up with new ideas, I'm not, not going to be repeating myself. the same old shit. Right. We don't want to do that. No. So the uh, area I'm going to talk about is a place called the Bridgewater Triangle. It covers approximately 200 square miles in Massachusetts. There was a 2013 documentary about all the happenings in the Bridgewater Triangle, so I have not seen it, but I plan to. You'll eventually be watching it. I will at some point, if it's free on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) The term Bridgewater Triangle was coined by cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman in his 1983 book, Mysterious America, which also sounds fucking awesome as shit. I'm pretty sure I've heard of that guy before. Now, he uh, established the boundaries, as uh, the three points that make up the triangle, uh, the Bridgewater Triangle, are the Rehoboth in the southwest, Abington in the north, and Freetown in the southeast. So those are all the names of the cities or whatever that are... Yeah, those are like kind of like the three points. And then the cities and towns that are within that triangle, so to speak, is uh, Taunton, Brockton, Rainham, Berkeley, Dighton, Easton, Norton, Mansfield, and the Bridgewaters, because I guess there's like more than one Bridgewater. There's like East Bridgewater or West Bridgewater. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, Coleman describes this area as, quote, a window area of unexplained occurrences, end quote. Yowza. Yeah. Many report unpleasant encounters with Spirits, giant snakes, and little dudes called puckwudgies. Puckwudgies? Yes. Some kind of like little fairy bastard? Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, and puckwudgies are what I'm going to talk about. Oh, yay. But, uh, in addition to the puckwudgies, there's been Bigfoot sightings, UFO sightings, there has been uh, ritualistic murders and animal mutilation that is in that was in the Freetown Fall River State Forest within the Triangle, and then some of the buildings in um, some Bridgewater State buildings are allegedly haunted, and also people have said that they have seen a pterodactyl from time to time. A pterodactyl? Yes. Fucking also Christ. weird 
glowing lights and orbs. So just just about everything, you know, under Basically the... Basically all of it, yeah. yeah sort of a... Uh, <laughs> all that? the things. Cryptids, UFOs, ghosts. What's that place in Utah? Um, Skinwalker Ranch. It's kind of kind of yeah. Skinwalker Ranch vibes there, except for obviously a larger area. Yeah. If they, like, have to, you know, make it into a triangle. <laughs> uh, by the yeah, way... Yeah, 200, 200 square miles of a... I did a Google search for puck wedgie, and I want a puck wedgie friend. Oh yeah, I know. It looks a little like are, a like a cross between a hedgehog and a human. Yeah, it's like a little like humanoid hedgehog, and I fucking love it. Yeah, I you know they're in the Harry Potter it. books too. Are I they guess really? They're, yeah, I don't remember that. It yeah, must be when they talk about the uh, uh, the beasts or whatever the legendary critters yeah yeah all right and so to talk about the puck wedgie i found a really great article written by january nelson and this was on thoughtcatalog.com and it's titled 20 facts 20 facts about the puck wedgie the mischievous creature who lurks in forests a puckwudgie might be small, but it's deadly. Puckwudgies are magical creatures who live inside wooded areas and swamps. They are considered spirits of the forest. Puckwudgies can appear and disappear at will, confuse humans, create fire, launch poison arrows, use magic, and lure people to their deaths. Puckwudgies have the ability to shapeshift into dangerous animals like cougars. They can also turn themselves into a combination of creatures and look half human, half porcupine if they choose. Although I see it more as like half human, half hedgehog. Yeah, porcupines are kind of huge, and these things look like they're like a little bit smaller. So I'll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they're they're wee little things. And I just prefer hedgehogs. Right. But also, hedgehogs don't live in America, so obviously it would, they would they would see it as a porcupine because you know porcupines mm-hmm. actually live in. The United States, so. Right. If you spot a puck wedgie, you should leave it alone. Anyone who annoys one will be followed around by the creature, and it will either fall victim to its nasty tricks, like being stalked and having their memories forgotten, or they will meet a much deadlier ending. If you annoy a puck wedgie, they might kidnap your children, push you off a cliff, attack you with their short knives and spears, use sand to blind you, or persuade you to commit suicide. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> Puck wedgies resemble humans, except they are much smaller, have a canine-like nose, have larger ears, lips, and fingers. They have been compared to trolls, goblins, and leprechauns. Puck wedgies are commonly found in areas with other forms of paranormal activity. They have been sighted near Fall River, which it was at that state park I was talking about, yeah. which is close to the home of Lizzie Borden, the axe murderess. They have also been sighted in the haunted Moundsville State Penitentiary in Indiana and Round Rock in Texas, where Bigfoot allegedly lives. I guess one, or uh, I mean, there's band of yeah. Bigfoot. Bigfoot's, Bigfoot is everywhere. Bigfoot is not, like, there's not just, like, one thing out there, like, hello, my name is Bigfoot, how are you? Bigfoot right. is a species. Yes, that... That but is they do have all them in over Texas. the place. Yeah, and in yes, Texas, they do. They're fucking surly as balls in Texas, apparently, which doesn't yeah. surprise me because you know, I'd be surly as fuck if I was in Texas too. State sucks. Fuck. <laughs> Just the laws. There's very fine people in Texas. 
There are, and some beautiful uh, wild areas in yes. Texas. I'm, I'm, I'm actually a huge fan of, of the wilderness and, and some of the people, not the laws. No, laws are bad. Yes, yes, they are. The exact height of Puckwudgies is unknown. Some witnesses claim they only reach two to three feet, but others believe they are knee height, which I guess like, depends on how big you're, how tall you are. I would say like an adult, but like two to three feet, like, yeah, I guess your knee. I mean, I'm on the low end of average height, and I guess I'd probably be about a, maybe like a foot and a half between, like, to be knee height or something. Native Americans believe that puck wedgies used to get along with humans, but then turned against them. When the fucking white people showed up and started (laughs) killing off everyone and giving everyone fucking herpes and smallpox. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. Legend says the reason puck wedgies hate humans is because of the... Wampanoag tribe. Oh, it now, wasn't white people this time. It wasn't white people this time. No. They adored Moshup, the giant, and were irritated by the Puckwudgies in the area, who they considered a nuisance, even though the creatures were only trying to be helpful. The tribe asked the giant to get rid of the Puckwudgies, so he threw them out of the area, slaughtering some in the process. Well, giants. Yeah, apparently the relationship has just never been great since. It was never repaired, yeah. Mm -mm. Well, I mean, there you go. White people don't ruin everything. Uh, Yeah, sometimes just people ruin ruin things. (laughs) One thing that all people have in common is we're all people. Right, and and we all have the ability to ruin shit. (laughs) Yeah. Pukwudgie translate to person of the wilderness. Another common name used interchangeably is Bagwajanini. Pukwudgie. I like Pukwudgie better. because It it's certainly just, rolls it, off the tongue easier. It does. And it just sounds cute. It is. And they're cute little bastards. Mm-hmm. I would want to be friends with one. Yeah. I want a little Pukwudgie friend. Yeah, me too. Pukwudgie are the oldest mythical creatures in North America. Stories of Pukwudgies originated from the Wampanoag, Mohican, and Algonquin Indian tribes. They believe the creatures dwelled in the woods and marshes of the eastern seaboard. Different regions have different views on Pukwudgies. Great Lakes tribes believe they are mischievous but harmless. Northeast Algonquin tribes believe they will become violent if they are disrespected, but are fine if they are left alone. There have been a significant amount of Puckwudgie sightings in the woods of Massachusetts. The police have gotten so many reports that a Puckwudgie, that a Puckwudgie crossing sign was erected near the Freetown State Forest. That's awesome. Yes. Puckwudgies have smooth gray skin that sometimes glows. One woman claims she came across a puckwudgie while walking her dog through the woods. Even though she left alone and went home, the creature would commonly appear at her window and wake her up. These occurrences continued until she moved away. I would give him milk or something. I'd be like, "You want some right? Just, milk? just yeah, just like what do you want? Leave him out. Leave, little, leave him a little bit of weed. Guy. Like you want, mm-hmm. you want a little bit of weed? Just like fucking stop waking me up, dude. It's legal in Massachusetts, so I mean, yeah, there you go. Not here's, at all hard. You know, here's some milk and some weed. weed store, yeah. Fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> leave some milk and some weed on your doorstep. Yeah, for just the leave him like a little, a little pre roll with a match. There you go. Maybe two matches just go. in case it's a windy night. <laughs> There's nothing more frustrating than only having one mash and having it blow out that's before true, you can yeah. light anything. Yeah, like, that's very, terrible. Very fifth element there. Mm-hmm. 
One man claims he saw a Pukwudgie with fur, glowing red eyes, and a nose like a wolf. When it ran away from him, it released a disturbing moan. Huh. Even though their appearance is off-putting, Pukwudgies have a sweet floral scent. So they don't stink. Like That's, that's cool. Hedgehog cool, yeah. stink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they do. Yeah. <laughs> Spiny Norman is adorable, but He's stinky. an adorable, stinky boy. Mm-hmm. The Song of Hiawatha, an epic poem by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, mentions Pukwudgies. It was published in 1855. Hold Here on, hold on, hold on, excerpt. hold on. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Longfellow. Jesus Christ. All right, carry that on. That is quite a mouthful. That's a, that's a name and a half. It's a great poet's name, I It's think. a good poet's name, yeah. Far and wide among the nations spread the name and fame of Quasind. No man dared to strive with Quasind. No man could compete with Quasind. But the mischievous Puckwudgies, they the envious little people, they the fairies and the pygmies, plotted and conspired against him. Puckwudgies also appear in the Harry Potter series. I gotta say that wasn't a very good poem. Uh, I th- I think it was maybe just an excerpt of the poem. I didn't. Oh, look up the oh, maybe. Poem. Yeah. All yeah. right. Sorry, Longfellow. I didn't mean to yeah. disrespect. Longfellow Wads. Wadsworth Longfellow. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Yes. Hank. Sorry, Hank. <laughs> Puckwudgies also appear in the Harry Potter series. The creature acts as a symbol and house at Ilvermore. Ilvermorny School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. So he's kind of like a mascot. Oh, is that the, the Harry Potter? Is that the, the, the French one? I don't know. I haven't read a whole lot of Harry Potter. No, I, I don't think. Yeah, that's fine. I don't, remember, like a I don't remember that. There's a Pugwudgie house, I guess, at that one school. It's like a sigil. It's at Livermore. I don't know where the fuck Livermore house is. Oh, it's a North American school. I see. So maybe it was just like briefly mentioned or something. I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't remember hearing about that at all. Well, I guess that makes sense because... Um, Since they're North American critter, yeah. But yeah. It, it's like basically sort of like there's Slytherin and there's Gryffindor and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Puckwudgie House is like just one of those houses. Yeah. Apparently it's supposed to be similar to uh, Hufflepuff's. I don't know. I'd never heard about it till just now. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. That is all about the puck wedgies and my info on uh, the Bridgewater Triangle itself. Uh, sources are the New England Historical Society dot com and uh, Enterprise News dot com. And as I said, there will be more to come about the Bridgewater Triangle and the mysterious things within. And Puckwudgies are fucking awesome, and I love them. Yes, they are. Well, we're going to continue with the story about something else that's quite small. This is a Mayan legend. It's called The Legend of the Dwarf. And it is somewhat strange. Uh, actually, both of the things I talked about, uh, the Mitex creation story and The Legend of the Dwarf, I got out of a book called Aztec Myths. And the general editor is Jack Jackson. 
apparently it was not really written so much as edited together from indigenous myths and stuff from uh, Central and Southern America. I think mainly uh, Central America. Anyway, there was an old woman. And she was fucking, like, super sad because she had no children. Basically, she would just sit in her hut next to her hearth all day long and just mope. Until she finally decided to do something very, very weird about the whole thing. She got an egg of some sort. It didn't specify what sort of egg. Could have been a chicken egg. Could have been another bird. Could have been some sort of reptile. This is in Central America. This is Mayan people, you know? So right. it's Maybe uh, it was a platypus. Could have been. A, I don't <laughs> think they have platypuses in any place but Australia, but uh, that's fine, too. Uh, it's maybe some sort she of got egg. a hold of one somehow. Okay. <laughs> She's, maybe, maybe. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, she took this egg that of whatever kind, and she wrapped it in cotton cloth, and she set it in the corner of her hut. So she'd check on the egg, all, like, stressed out about it, like, super anxious about, like, what this egg is going to do for days and days and days until finally, one day, something happened. She awoke in the morning, and she found the eggshells on the ground, and there was this itty-bitty tiny little person holding its itty-bitty tiny little hands up to her. You know, like, a kid, when a kid wants to be picked up, just stands mm-hmm. there and, like, puts their, their, their hands up towards you. Well, that's what this little thing did. So, so a little person hatched out of the egg. Yeah, a little person hatched out of whatever. I mean, so it must have been a person egg. Wow. Um, and she was fucking stoked. She was beyond stoked. She was I bet she was because, you know what, stoked. for her, children were the answer. Yes. <laughs> and so she scooped up the little boy and she nursed him. I don't know how this old woman was able to nurse, but she did it anyway. She just willed uh, herself to she lactate. She willed herself to lactate. <laughs> uh, and then she, you know, she nursed him and she, she taught him and she did such a good job for him. She provided for him so well that by the end of the year, this little guy was able to walk and talk just like a grown person. However. But he was still a little person. He was like a little Tyrion Lannister. He stopped growing. Okay. I imagine that this thing is quite small. Like, because it was at the end of the year. So, say she, the, 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 the dwarf uh, hatched in January. It's still only a year old. And a year old child is what, like 18 inches long? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like knee height. Yeah. Puck wedgie height. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it's basically a slightly, like on the small end of puck wedgies. For some reason... The fact that this boy stopped growing and was so able to, you know, be an adult, like walk and talk, the woman believed the boy was going to be a great chief. So after a time, she told the boy that she was going to go into town, she was going to go to the palace of the king, and she was going to, you know, he was going to challenge the king to a test of strength. He did not want to do this. He had no desire to do this. He did not want to go into town. He was barely a year old, you know. But he felt obligated to do so because this woman, I mean, his mother, more or less, wanted him to. So he did. So he gets down to the palace and goes inside and they bring him to see the king. And 
He tells the king. It says it. He it says he throws his gauntlet down, which I, I'm imagining is is him saying like, "I challenge you, king, to a test of strength." And the king says, "Lift a 75 pound, 32 kilogram rock." Well, the boy didn't think he could do that, so he rushed back to his mother in tears. He's just over a year old, okay? So he goes and he cries to his mother. But she just turns his ass right around and she tells him that you can do anything the king can do. So he heads on back there and he lifts this 75-pound or 32-kilogram rock, which the king also lifts fairly easily. Well, challenge after challenge and everything the king can do, sure as fucking shit, this boy, this dwarf, can do as well. I believe that most of these other challenges didn't... He, did, he didn't need tears. He didn't need to run back and forth to mom. I think he was. He had he he was sort of on his... back to mom every time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think I think he sort of. Uh, was, he was just doing... needed that, like that one, you know, it's word a big of rock. I mean, if he's yeah. knee height, a seventy-five pounds. pound rock. I mean, that's... I don't think I could lift a seventy-five pound rock. <laughs> I mean, I could lift a seventy-five pound rock, but it'd be it's that's pretty. That's a big. Heavy. That's a that's a large rock, and it is. It wouldn't be lovely. I wouldn't enjoy it. I couldn't run yeah. with it. I wouldn't couldn't swim with it. That's for certain. No, you'd sink right to the bottom and die. That's right. Well, the king was getting fucking sick of this little bastard able to com- like match every single one of his challenges. So he says, all right, boy, dwarf, you have to build a palace that is fancier than any other palace in the city. And this freaked the boy out, and he once again returned to his mother. And once again, his mother was just like, hey, kid, calm down. Everything's going to be fine. She makes him feel better. I imagine she you know, gives him a sandwich or something, and he goes to sleep at her house. Well, when they awake in the morning, they are in an absolutely resplendent palace. Just a beautiful palace. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I feel like this is really lazy on the part of the, you know, people that wrote this story because, I mean, they don't really tell you how the palace gets built or anything. They're Mm -hmm. just like, suddenly they wake up in this palace. And the king sees this palace and he's just like, God fucking damn it. Because it is a dope palace. It's the dopest palace around. It's better than wherever the king lives, obviously. It's better than all the palaces in this particular area. As was the challenge, you know? So, the king was like, fuck this. Fuck you, kid. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go and you're going to collect two bundles of this indigenous hardwood. So, like, you know, some kind of oak or something like that. Just indigenous Mm -hmm. to the area. They gave a name for it, but when I looked up the name, it it doesn't exist. So, whatever. Uh, Some sort of hardwood. So, you know, and and what they're going to do is the king is going to take his bundle of hardwood. And he's going to hit the boy on the head with it. And then the boy is going to hit the king on the head with his bundle of wood. Sort of a Rochambeau thing, you know? I guess so. And the king is like is stacking the deck. He's saying that he's going to get the first shot. Because really, the chances of there being a second shot is not very great. 
Yeah, so in the king's head, he's just going to, like, take this kid out with his bundle of uh, yeah. hard sticks. And yep. he's not going to get hit back because he's just going to fuck this kid up so That's bad. right. That's right. All right. You know, this, like, 18-inch kid or whatever. Mm-hmm. So uh, the kid... That's interesting that the kid is... That the king is that threatened by him. Right, by, <laughs> by a child, right. And so the, the boy runs back to his mother again because he's fucking freaked out. She's like, no, no, everything is fine. Uh, here. And she puts a tortilla on his head. Oh, that I would not have expected. And then sends him back to get, you know, then he gets the bundle and goes back to the king. So, <laughs> he the two bundles, because he's got to get one for the king, too. Right. Because the king's not like, going to you go. know, like, he, he's not going to gather his own stick to beat him with. No, you no. Know? That's, that's, he, that's, he's got to get it for him. That's peasant work, Joanna. Right. That's fucking peasant okay. work. Okay. So, the the boy goes back to the king with the two bundles of the hardwood, and Gives the king his bundle, and he takes his bundle. And the king grabs his bundle, and with all of his might, fucking just destroys the kid. Well, tries to destroy the kid. Unfortunately, I don't know if it was the tortilla. I don't know if this kid is just meant for greatness, but the bundle breaks. And the kid stands there with no, no damage. Doesn't hurt at all. Well, this was not something that, that the king really expected you know there no. was a reason that he was hitting first is because he wasn't expecting to get hit back but mm. he had i mean he had people around he had like advisors and other nobles and shit like that and he had talked about it so much that he couldn't just be like oh well fuck you know we're not going to do this anymore he, he had to go through it he had to go through with it so the boy grabs his bundle and hits the king on the head with it and just fucking destroys his head like shatters the king's head and the king mm -hmm. dies Yeah. And so all the gathered nobles and everyone decide, you know what? You're the new king, kid. Hail to the motherfucking king. And he became the king. Wow. All because of a tortilla on his head? Uh, I, I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess because of the, the, the tortilla or, you know, just the fact he was... I don't know. Yeah, the tortilla, I guess. Uh, now, the old lady was never seen again. Well, she was never seen in that area again. There were stories that say she moved to a, a nearby, well, kind of nearby village, like 50 miles away or whatever, and she lived in this deep well near this underground river where she sat next to a large serpent. And when travelers would come past, she would sell them water, like small amounts of water, uh, but she wouldn't sell it for money. She would sell okay. it for babies. Oh. And the reason that she needed to sell it for babies was because the serpent she sat next to fed on babies. This is taking like a really dark turn. <laughs> and that's it. It's really strange because like that particular part, like the, it's just weird because that, that was it. Like that's all, that's all about her. That, that's like, what she does Why can't she just live with her like son King's who's son? like now kin, king like in the fabulous palace? Why does she got to go live in this well with this serpent that wants to eat babies? And uh, like every time somebody comes along is thirsty, it's like, yeah, but you're going to have to give us your baby so the snake can fucking eat it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't if know. If you it's, want it, your, your thirst quenched. It's very strange. I wonder if something is lost in translation or if there is some kind of nuance we're missing like maybe yeah. since i don't know a bunch about mythology of the area like i missed a particular <laughs> part of that but i mean when i read you know the thing that i read it it did that i mean it, it went how i went 
it went and was like all about the boy and going back to the mother and the boy and the mother and the boy and the mother and the king and all that. And then at the end, it was like, oh, yeah. And then, then she took off. It was just like, I guess, tying up loose ends. Like, oh, well, we wouldn't yep. want. And then she took off. Then she took off and the fucking snake. So, you know, fed babies to a giant serpent. You know, like, okay, well, fuck it. I mean, that's we just, we, I mean, she wanted a baby so bad. I thought maybe she was just going to, like, collect them at first, but she feeds it to the fucking snake. Like, what the fuck? Maybe she realized it was more work than it was worth with the kid coming back and crying and like oh my god all this maybe stuff maybe she realized and, kids aren't the answer i yeah. guess <laughs> and so she was like maybe gonna, yeah. maybe the 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 boy was like a snake egg or something oh maybe maybe that and maybe been. she has to like spend the rest of her life feeding babies to the snake to make up for the one that she like stole from it yeah i don't know it never uh didn't really specify it's just it's just what a strange turn for the story to take. Yeah, and the thing with both of those stories is I mean, they I both thought, did. I thought, the, I thought the weirdest part about it was the fact that a boy hatched from an egg that she wrapped in a cloth. But you're wrong. No, that was the weirdest. And then, and then the, there's the whole thing with the tortilla on the head. Yeah. But uh, then I, that was just, that was huh, dwarfed by the oof, whole, uh, I know, I know, right off the cuff there. By the whole, like, oh, I'm going to go move with the, live with the giant snake in the well and feed a baby thing. That... And, and with both of these stories, they were both, they both read very, very similarly, as in they had, like, mm-hmm. all this buildup, like, here's all the beginning part, and then, like, the climax was just like, oh, yeah, and this happened, and then here's the end. It was like, oh, <laughs> like, okay, well, that's cool. So, like, you know, with the, with the creation story, there's, like, all oh, this creation, and then there's a flood, everyone dies, and then he, like, makes everything again, and, and everything's fine. Like, oh. Yeah, okay. Well, just rushing through the end there, I guess. Right. And then yeah, with this one, it's just like all this stuff, and he's and then he's king, and she disappears, and fucking feeds babies a snake. Yeah, this is kind of reminding me of the ending of Game of Thrones. A little bit, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. This is like Game of Thrones season eight. <laughs> Ever so jumped yeah. to all the end stories too quickly without any kind of like development. And just, here we go. Okay, and we're done. Mm-hmm. All right, and we're finished. <laughs> and actually, we are, in fact, finished at this point too. I know, it's so amazing. Yeah, so we'd like to thank you uh, all for listening. We do appreciate it. You can find our Patreon, patreon.com slash stranger than podcast, where you can donate one, two, or five dollars. Two dollars gets you ad-free episodes, and five dollars gets you a bonus true crime episode every month. In addition to the ad-free episodes. In addition to the ad-free episodes, so you get you get both of them. Mm-hmm. You can check check out the podcast syndicate we are a part of at ageofradio.org. Our specific part of that is ageofradio.org slash stranger than where you can stream our episodes. You can also email us any of the stories or, uh, you know, about any stories about alien abductions or, you know, shadow people, any wacky shit that happens. Uh, not really looking to do interviews per se, so much as just like hear your personal stories that we can read on the podcast. And, uh, you know, you don't have to say your name. We are happy to omit your name or we can, you know, make up a name for you if you'd like, or you can actually use your own name as well. Any of those things. We will are, give you full cred fine. or yes. partial cred, however you like it. So you can email us any of those stories at strangerthanpodcast at gmail.com. We're excited that it's going to be a whole another year with you guys. That's right. So, uh, you know. Have a wonderful uh, beginning to your 2022. Hopefully it's better than the past couple of years. We will yes. see, in <laughs> fact, 
Uh, take a look at our Facebook or all of the other social medias we're a part of at Stranger Than or Stranger Than Podcast, either of those places. If we're there, we'll be under those names. And you can join the strange space. You can join the strange space where we occasionally post memes and I tell you about how my hard drive breaks. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> with that, I think uh, we'll talk to you next time. And stay strange. Thank you.